94.7 Kumu Kokua, because Kumu cares. This is where every day we bring in one of Hawaii's leaders or experts to talk about the issues that you care about during COVID-19 and get some answers to your questions. Uh, this morning, we are very privileged to have on the phone uh, the head of the Department of Human Services for Hawaii. That would be Pankaj Banot. Good morning. Aloha and good morning to you and your viewers. Oh, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Um, sir, can you talk? Okay, <laughs> here is Listener. the thing. Yes, yes, thank you. Uh, with the Department of Human Services, can you start off by explaining to our listeners what your department does? Because I imagine some people get really confused with an acronym like DHS. They go, "Are you guys Homeland Security? <laughs> or are you guys? Are you guys like Hawaii, like?" you know, Hawaiian homelands or something. People get confused. Can you explain what you guys do? Sure. The other confusion always is that I am human resources, which is our employment, uh, employees and employment related work. They do human services. We are, we are constituted in the state statutes to have a jurisdiction over all the public assistance programs to address the basic needs of Hawaii's residents who for some reason either are underemployed or unemployed, have no income, working poor, we provide financial assistance, food benefits, housing assistance, we provide childcare, we regulate childcare facilities, the preschools that you see across the state, mm-hmm. we regulate them. We also provide Child Protective Services, the Child Welfare Services, to ensure that our children are not abused and neglected. We also provide services for vulnerable adults so they are not exploited financially or physically. We also provide services for uh, for disabled residents of Hawaii who are visually impaired, blind, deaf, or hard of hearing Mm -hmm. through our vocational rehabilitation uh, services. We also provide services to at-risk youth across the state. We we also have Commission on the Status of Women who advocates for the rights of young girls and women, and we have Commission on the Fatherhood who really works on the issues of engaging fathers in the lives of their children. So generally, the Department of Human Services serves one in four of all Hawaii residents. Currently, we are serving around 400,000 Hawaii residents through the programs, benefits, and services we provide across the state. And 45% of Hawaii's children are receiving services through us. And one critical service that I missed is our health insurance program that we have called Medicaid, that we provide health insurance to Hawaii's needy as well to ensure their health and well-being. Got it. Got it. And and also one more thing that I want to say is that yes. we also we, we also have offices across the state on all islands uh, except for Kahaola Way. We don't have any office there, and in and on Niihau. Other than that, uh, in Maui County, both the island of Maui, Lanai, Molokai. And then on Big Island, we have uh, Hilo, the East Hawaii section of ours, and the West Hawaii on the Kona side. We have offices there. We have on Kauai, and we have multiple offices across Oahu. We have 220,000 people, uh, 220, people in Hawaii who are without jobs. What can DHS help with? Um, why should they turn to you, you know, during these layoffs? 
during these challenging and unprecedented times, this is why human services was created in the state system, is to, pro is to provide assistance during, especially during these difficult times, especially economic downturn that we are faced with. Our biggest demand so far is for health insurance, the medical benefits, Second highest is in the SNAP, which is Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. It's our food assistance program, formerly known as food stamps. Mm -hmm. And then the, the other need is for our multiple financial assistance programs like temporary assistance to needy families for for, for these are that assistance is for the families who have children under the age of 18. We have a lot of uh, a, a lot of requests and applications for a general assistance program that is for those residents who are temporarily disabled and currently are n not able to get any federal social security benefits related to their disability in the interim they can apply with us we are seeing uh, a lot of applications coming for these programs and i'll give you a, a quick example yes. whereas uh, uh, like when it comes to our food assistance program the snap program and if if you if you just compare simply march 2020 when this pandemic started to happen mm -hmm. we had we had roughly 154000 153,000 people on SNAP assistance. And in, if you compare that now March month of, uh, uh, to the April month, it is 171,451 individuals on SNAP assistance, which is wow. roughly is 18,400 people. Uh, within, within four weeks, the, uh, the, the caseload for SNAP has gone up. And let me quickly give you also the statistic of our MedQuest program, which is our health insurance program for low-income residents of Hawaii. And if you, if you just simply compared April of last year, mm -hmm. was roughly 333,000 people on Medicaid assistance. And you compare the same month in 2020, we have 344,565 residents of Hawaii receiving health care insurance because either their hours got cut, so they are below 20 hours, or they totally lost their jobs. This is the time where safety net comes into play, and we are ensuring that our residents have access to these benefits, and we are issuing these benefits timely on the Medicaid side. We are encouraging people to apply online. It's very easily available through the through the uh, Department of Human Services uh, uh, website. It is uh, www.medical.mybenefits.hawaii.gov. They can go online, apply online, and they will get their disposition for their uh, request for assistance or their Medicaid application within 24 hours provided all the information that we need is, uh, is, is provided to us and mm -hmm. we can deem eligibility within 24 hours of receiving their application. No kidding. Same thing on the, same thing on the SNAP side. We have, uh, we have our website. We have a fillable PDF application on our website for SNAP benefits. It's at humanservices.hawaii.gov and we are disposing applications within 48 hours of the receipt. And it takes roughly three to five working days to get their electronic benefit transfer card, the EBT card, in the mail to their last known address on the application. 
So we have been very efficient and we have made so many changes to our process and our policies to ensure that we are not the barrier to Hawaii's residents who are seeking these benefits or services or programs during this very difficult time. Mm. How were you able to ramp up yes. so quickly? Because the numbers just got astronomical. I mean, it's happened yes. everywhere, but you guys seem to have been able to handle it. Uh, is there something that you attribute that to? Yes, it's at, I will attribute that to anticipation and lived experience of the last downturn. Uh, I am a lifer in Department of Human Services. This is my uh, 20th year Mm -hmm. of uh, uh, being in the Department of Human Services and being in the executive position for uh, quite a a long time. We anticipated this when the first case was identified and this was becoming a huge concern. We already started to think about how are we going to respond to it because Our Medicaid system is a modern system, modern IT system. We knew that we could take any load that is going to come in and we'll be able to respond because it's modern, it's it's current, and we are, and our our staff statewide, we have roughly 2,000 positions that, that are continuously working on many issues within the human services. We were ready for Medicaid. We anticipated that our archaic system, the eligibility system for mm-hmm. our public assistance, our financial assistance and SNAP program, we knew would not be able to take the load like how our unemployment insurance benefits program uh, struggled initially right. because it didn't have the capacity. We knew that we are on a mainframe as well, and we are going. We anticipated this that we are going to end up in in a huge, huge problem. We created a static web page. We created a fillable application outside the scope of mainframe. We just simply started to take a fillable application. We started to take applications without signatures. We got many federal waivers to allow us this unique process during this difficult time to validate signatures via the telephone rather than because if people are going to file an application electronically, they may not be able to print because electronic signature is very difficult to affix because this was this was just a fillable application mm-hmm. and federal law requires a wet signature an ink signature mm-hmm. so we got the waiver that we can take the application without a signature just simply their name in the signature box and we will be able to call them and validate the signature on the telephone we also waived a lot of also suspended a lot of processes that would make it difficult for our families we said that if if your certification is due in March, April, and May, mm-hmm. we are going to extend it for three months because we do not want you to be helter-skelter trying to provide information you may not have. And we knew that a lot of these people will not have any ability to, to provide any income information or job or wage information because a lot of them will uh, actually would have lost their jobs or it will be very difficult for them to go to the post offices and other places to do all of that. So we got a federal waiver to waive some of the certification requirements. On the other hand, we also got the waiver from the federal government to allow people who have lost their jobs to continue to receive food benefits beyond 90 days. Because normally, mm-hmm. if you don't have a job and you're unable to work minimum 20 hours per week, mm-hmm. you can only get the benefits 
for 90 days. Uh. But in this case, it got extended because I was very concerned about the fact that our families are not going to have food and basic assistance to survive. And you can always tell from the big lines of food distribution that you are seeing across the state would have been longer and it would have been worse if we didn't adapt in anticipation of this crisis. And let me a little bit talk about our Medicaid side. Medicaid side was fully prepared and we were very lucky that the federal government gave us more federal funds to address COVID-19 related medical issues Mm -hmm. for low income populations in Hawaii. And that has not only allowed us to serve for COVID-19 purposes, because there is there is a, there is a no co-pays or charges for COVID-19 related treatment. And we are able to provide it to those who are eligible to receive Medicaid services. That has also saved a lot of state funds that we don't have to come up with because we can pay it using 100% of our new federal money that came in. And this was part instinct part innovation and part anticipation and lived experience through the last crisis of 2008, 9, and 10 Mm -hmm. to be ready for this. And I'm very lucky because otherwise 400,000 people would have been negatively impacted if we were not able to stand up these programs and these services and responded to the crisis that we are all faced with. Yeah, goodness, because that would be like a double whammy if it was the unemployment backup and also with human services. So thank goodness for that, oh, for boy. experience and for oh, yeah, boy. and for anticipating that way. 94.7 Kumu Kokua, because Kumu cares. We are talking story with the director of the Hawaii Department of Human Services. Uh, that would be Pankaj Banot. And uh, he is uh, getting us acquainted with uh, yeah. some really important benefits that people who are newly jobless in Hawaii because of COVID-19 and all the layoffs and everything. Some really important benefits and support and aid that you can get through the Department of Human Services. And by the way, if you're trying to take notes furiously as this information is coming <laughs> to you, because I know he's he has a lot of information, yes. uh, you can also go to humanservices.hawaii.gov. That's also a, a very robust site that they have uh, mm-hmm. that just gives you all the details yes. as well there. So. Yes, absolutely. And yes. also, uh, if I also may mention, if you are listening, you out there are listening to this interview and you're and, Again, furiously mm-hmm. writing down information. We always catalog these Kumu Kukua interviews on our website, yeah. kumu.com. So if you're going, oh, I didn't, I didn't catch what that happened? part. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. We got you. We got you. Um, can you, sir, help us with kind of like who qualifies for this kind of support and how they get that process started in getting that? Okay, very good question. Uh, let's, let's go over that. Normally, for example, if you are a single person, who is now has no income or, or, or very little income, got laid off or, or doesn't, doesn't make enough. If your monthly gross income is roughly around $1,560, like $1,560, $1,560, you will be eligible to apply for our SNAP benefit. Say, for example, you're a family of three, you will be eligible to apply if your income is below $2,700. Uh, it's it's I think roughly around twenty seven hundred dollars if that's their monthly income they'll be able to apply for SNAP benefits and uh, uh, and they can go and apply it online as I said on our on our uh, humanservices.hawaii.gov website there is a there is a fillable SNAP application that they can apply and there is 
addresses there electronically transmit that application and will take over the process from that point on. Or they can actually drop off the paper application. They can print it. They can fill, uh, fill it mm -hmm. and they can drop it off with all appropriate documentation to our drop off box in our offices near their home. They can do that as well. They can they can also mail it to us, uh, the application. But I would prefer that they do it online as much as possible because we'll be able to do it quicker. Now, let me talk about the health insurance, which is also a very critical program of ours, mm -hmm. um, the Medicaid program. We call it MedQuest, the Quest program. They, if a single person making around 20000 up to $20,000, they'll be able to qualify for Medicaid. And, they'll, uh, and if, say, you are a family of three, and, and you're a household of three and, and you apply for Medicaid benefits, our Quest program, it roughly is around $34,000. If their income is around $34,000, they'll be able to qualify for uh, Medicaid as well. Now, let me a uh, little bit talk about a uh, couple of things. One is that Medicaid, you can go to the Medicaid website that we have uh, for our Hawaii website. That's www.medical.mybenefits.hawaii.gov. You can start the process of filing the application there. It has all the checklists that you need, documentation that you need, information that you must provide. It will take you through the application process step by step and provides you with all sorts of guidance and support. And we prefer that people file it electronically because it is the fastest way of getting approvals uh, from the Department of Human Services. But if they are unable to, they can still send the physical application either through the Dropbox near their homes, mm -hmm. at the offices that we have, or they can send it by mail as well. And, uh, and, and we will process those applications and make sure they get their uh, uh, approvals from us. Now, a little bit about uh, a lot of chatter is out there about, you know, media many times says that these programs are free. There is no charge for, there is no charge or copay or payments to get these benefits. But mm -hmm. please keep in mind, these are the benefits that taxpayers are funding. So when media says that they are free, means there is no copay for the families, but we are all footing the bill for each other, and that's what communities do. In times of need and times of challenging times like this, we take care of each other. Mm -hmm. So I want to have that misconception cleared that, uh, you know, these are just free for all. You can come and get it. There is no copay and there is no fee to apply for this, but these are benefits that state and the federal funds are providing. Got so it. This money is coming from the taxpayers. Now, one more important thing that is going on uh, across the state, and there's a lot of questions our public information officer, uh, Amanda Stevens, and uh, many others are getting across the department, and mm -hmm. that is, what is the effect of this unemployment benefits that uh, uh, unemployed people are receiving that are through the regular channel and also receiving additional $600 from the federal uh, unemployment assistance oh, yeah, and also getting this... And the economic recovery check. Yeah, the stimulus check. They are checks. getting the stimulus right. check. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, what is the status of that as far as eligibility for our benefits is concerned? For cash, for the financial assistance programs of TANF, the temporary assistance uh, for needy families, that is for families with children under the age of 18, 
for two-parent households who have children under the age of 18, or general assistance program for temporary disabled uh, uh, residents of Hawaii, or, 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 or residents who are aged, blind, or disabled receiving or applying for our benefits, none of the unemployment benefits, the $600 unemployment benefit from the federal funds, and the stimulus check, they do not count as unearned income. Okay. So that is not counted okay. towards their eligibility. So they they should not be worried about that. Okay. Now, for uh, now for now let's t- and also for childcare it is not countable as well. So now let's talk about food food benefits. For food benefits, federal law counts this as income. Oh, okay. So it will oh. be counted as unearned income for food benefit programs. All of this, all of unemployment regular unemployment, uh-huh. $600 additional benefit for unemployment through federal funds, through CARES Act, and also the stimulus check, the $1,200. These are all countable unearned income uh, for eligibility determination perspective. For Medicaid, for Medicaid, mm-hmm. it's the stimulus check, does, stimulus check does not count. Okay. And rest, rest of it would be countable. Uh, for Medicaid, the $1,200 it does not count. Ooh, that's mm. kind of confusing. So, different uh, different types of yeah, aid so, so, are or are not counting. Yeah, so this, let me, uh, yeah. Absolutely, but but let uh, Asmi and Davin, let me just make it very clear. Mm-hmm. The reason, the very reason that our eligibility is so nuanced and so complicated for every program, the best advice for your listeners is that please apply the benefits don't try to conduct your own eligibility based on this conversation <laughs> or your own understanding by reading the rules and the regulations and all that mm-hmm. you just apply and let our staff determine whether you're eligible or not because it's too complicated you yeah. may think you're not but there are so many other deductions or exceptions that law has mm-hmm. that you may be qualified mm-hmm. but for just by pure reviewing the information you may think you are not so let us do that for you rather than you doing it for yourself yeah there's this question now about people gradually returning to work but child care facilities or you know the opportunity to get child care if you're going back to work is a little bit harder with a lot of places closed can you help us understand like are is child care now open for you know workers and and how can the department of human services maybe help with that very good question Child care was never closed. We did not close child care. Child care during the difficult time mm-hmm. was for essential workers and also for first responders. Okay. So we had we have roughly 180 child care sites open across the state, and you can get that information from our humanservices.hawaii.gov website, or you can go to our our uh, uh, provider website, which is Patch. Parents attentive to children. Mm-hmm. That's our web. That's our contracted uh, our partner that that has a, a list of all the providers and when very good uh, information available uh, for all childcare related issues on their website as well. So that's very important that uh, that people go check that out. So sites hundred and around hundred and ten to hundred and fifteen sites are open uh, on 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 a, on. On Oahu, mm-hmm. there are roughly 30, 35 to 40 sites are open on Big Island. 
and there are roughly 30 sites sites open on Maui and roughly 15 to 20 sites are open on Kauai. And as you know, that uh, more sites are going to come online as they start to prepare themselves for the new normal, which would mean social distancing, which would mean very serious sanitation and hygiene the strategies and also safety best practices that need, they need to put in place to not only protect the staff, protect the children and those who come in contact with the staff and children on daily basis, like parents dropping off mm-hmm. or, or deliveries coming into the facility and everything. We regulate childcare facilities. So burden of the Department of Human Services is heightened during this difficult time because of social distancing and sanitation requirements. Yes, the sanitation requirements were always there that they need to comply with the health and safety requirements. But social distancing has created a new normal for all our services. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be it's going to be uh, very very critical. And for information uh, related uh, patch, it's patch p a t c h hawaii.org patchhawaii.org is the website they can go and see which childcare facilities are open in their neighborhood or or, or near places who places where like near near their workplaces yeah if they yeah. if they prefer childcare near their work or near their relatives places or near their homes they can figure it out from that and more and more uh, facilities are going to come online because we are in the process of finalizing the childcare guidelines for the new normal that we are all going to be faced with. And we are also working on strategies to stabilize our childcare providers across the state in next week or so. More information is going to come out from the governor's office uh, as well in, in, in due course. And one last thing, preschool open doors deadline for, for four-year-old children mm-hmm. to get exposure to classroom settings in in, in licensed mm-hmm. preschools. Mm-hmm. It, the application process was extended to May 15th. So I'm encouraging your listeners who, who are listening to our conversation to go to the patchhawaii.org site and please start to apply for preschool open doors program of ours where the deadline is May 15th to apply for the next school year. Got it. Got mm. it. Are we transitioning now to um, having childcare now open to non-essential workers? Yes. Yes, ma'am. And this is uh, because as these uh, rec- the first phase of low risk businesses that mm-hmm. are going to that have already started to open or will be opening uh, at different stages. They started uh, last Friday or this Monday or they are going to be opening on the 15th or other dates that uh, mayors of different counties have announced, we are working collaboratively with uh, uh, all the business community, whether it's childcare business coalition, or whether it's the counties or whether it's the governor's office, like for example, the, the navigator's office, executive office of early learning, and many other advocacy organizations that are, that are very concerned about access to childcare. We are working with all involved to come up with the guidelines, to come up with various strategies to sustain childcare providers across our communities. Yes, these facilities will be taking now non-essential em- employees okay. who would need childcare will be taking those as well. And more and more as they as the guidelines go out, 
and they start to have their business plans that are compatible or compliant with CDC guidelines or the childcare guidelines that we are going to be uh, announcing, mm-hmm. they should be able to now open uh, as, as, as things progress, they should be able to open and, and start serving the non-essential employees that will be going to work in increments as we continue to reopen our economy. Okay. Uh, Director Bonot, um, I also noticed here that, uh, now we talked with uh, Nancy Kriebman from uh, Domestic Violence um, Action Center uh, regarding domestic violence and stuff like that, but I noticed that you've also got uh, some resources here uh, on your site as well. Did you want to get into that a little bit? Yes, of course. Uh, our, our website has the resources. The most important uh, uh, the, the point I would like to make is please note the phone numbers for the helpline for vital resources that are available uh, who, for residents who are facing or, or are afraid of domestic violence. This In our Aloha state, domestic violence absolutely have no place child abuse, neglect, sexual abuse, domestic violence, or any type of harm to our residents is not acceptable in our Aloha state. We, we, that's why we are called the Aloha state because we care for each other without any expectation in return. And we, we exist because, because we are dependent on each other. That's what Aloha is all about. And it's not acceptable. So you, so you can call the hotlines, the helplines at 808 808- Five three one three seven seven one, and there is a toll-free number eight hundred six nine zero six two zero zero, and there is also a text number that was specifically created because we knew, uh, as, as working collaboratively with uh, Nancy for over twenty years, mm-hmm. that they knew that there is going to be an uptick in domestic violence because of the because of the close proximity, yes. the perpetrator and, and, and families will be living, and especially given the economic downturn and the stressors that are put on people, people start to react and act very differently. And domestic violence is one of those actions or reactions that, that, that escalate during, during this type of uh, challenging time. And the text number is 605-956-5680. It's, uh, so those are, and there are multiple other resources available on the website, and particularly uh, at the Domestic Violence Action Center, they can actually uh, uh, they can go to their website, DVAC website as well, to get uh, uh, additional information. Very very good point you're making, and I want to say is that domestic violence or any type of abuse and neglect is just not acceptable yeah yeah and your website again is a a very helpful resource on that issue Mm -hmm. we will definitely post that uh, link on our kumu facebook so that people can find that quickly um was there anything else that you wanted to add uh director uh regarding uh the all the myriad ways that the department (laughs) of human services can help people in this really difficult time two things i would like to say one is a massive shout out to DHS staffing across the state, the 2,000 strong DHS staff, mm. 24-7 if they have to, they are taking care of Hawaii. And I cannot be more thankful uh, to them for their work and their sacrifice to ensure Hawaii is happy, thriving, and safe. And the last thing is, we, our, our strategy is 
our fundamental strategy of serving Hawaii is called Ohana Nui. Ohana Nui means extended family or a big family mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in Hawaiian. It, it, what it means is it's a multi-generational integrated approach to really address poverty in Hawaii. We are Ohana Nui strong. We are here for our Hawaii. We are here for our residents. Please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and let us know how we can be of help to you during this challenging and very difficult time. And lastly, to to you, Esme, mm. and to Devin, my heartfelt gratitude, mahalo nui loa, for allowing me to be with you and have this conversation with your view, with your listeners. And I'm very, very thankful for that. Oh, we're really, oh, really glad. Yeah, no, because really, uh, uh, the director for the Hawaii Department of Human Services, Pankaj Banot, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate your being on Kumukukua. Aloha. It's Devin and Esme on the Rise and Drive on 94.7 Kumu.